Welcome to the Bluff First Podcast. We pray that this message would encourage and enrich your life. For more information, please visit us on the web at blufffirst.com. Amen. Good morning. It's great to be here with you this morning. Great to worship with you. Uh, we sang in that last song about how Jesus is our righteousness. And if you don't already uh, know that verse, there's a passage in the Bible that says that he that knew no sin, that's the sinless man, Jesus Christ, he that knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. So when God looks at us, if we're, if we're Christians, if we're saved, when God looks at us, he doesn't see our track record, our performance, our failures. He sees the perfect righteousness of his son and that's why we get a little bit loud and a little bit crazy because we just remember God looks at us and doesn't even see us. He sees Jesus and he welcomes us in that way. What a great uh, thing to celebrate and sing about this morning. Um, hope that you have made your way in comfortably and you're nice and cozy and warm. If you have a Bible, uh, you can find the book of Matthew. We'll be there in a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you are like me this morning, if you ever feel just kind of spiritually dry uh, there are times in my life where it just feels like, man, I'm just so um, dry. I'm just not feeling that connection with God. I just don't feel like I hear his voice the way that I need to. Or like, not that he doesn't hear me, but I pray and it just kind of feels like my, my prayers just bounce off the ceiling right back to myself. Anybody this morning just ever feel it's just me? Okay, well, I'm going to find something else to talk about. I don't know. Um, but if, if you feel that way, I think it's normal. But it doesn't have to be that way. God has given us a great variety of tools to use um, to continue to stir up our relationship um, with him and to have a healthy, you know, vibrant relationship. And that's kind of what this series is about. If you haven't been here uh, for the last few weeks of trellis, you might not even know what a, what a trellis is. I think we have a picture of one. Um, but a trellis is simply just a structure, a framework that takes a plant or a vine or whatever and helps it grow in a healthy direction. It's going to grow anyway, but if, you, if it's left uh, unchecked, it might tangle and strangle and die out. But a trellis is something that helps, helps it go the way that you would want it to go. And here's, here's the problem, guys. In our lives, we already have structure. We already have a trellis. We already have habits. The problem is some of those things that we don't even think about doing, that we do every day, might be directing us towards um, a lack of health. They might be directing us towards chaos and busyness and anxiety. And, and so this series has been an effort to not just heap on, you know, more burdens on top of that. And to just, oh, here's a to-do list of, you know, religious church things for you to do. We are hoping that thinking about your daily habits and routines and rhythms and introducing some new ones and some better, healthier uh, rhythms might actually just slow down your life a little. How many would admit this morning life is just a little too fast-paced, a little too chaotic, a little too busy, a little too hurried? Anybody here? Okay, so slowing down sounds good, right? All of you that have uh, children, we've got a four-year-old and an eight-month-old, like we want time to slow down and uh, we want them to slow down too and, uh, and it sounds awesome to slow down, but how do we how do we do that? How do we not just run through life and hope that, you know, Jesus sees us and blesses us while we just run around like crazy? And how do we actually instead slow down and walk at his pace? That's what this series aims to do. And so, so far, 
Um, we've introduced two habits or rhythms to kind of help us in that, to help us love God uh, better. And they've been daily habits. So we introduced, Pastor Nathan challenged us a couple of weeks ago to start um, praying three times a day and, and to, to form a habit of that. And we looked at the life of Daniel and how Daniel knelt and prayed. And so we've been doing that. We've been trying to pray. Um, my, the easiest one for me is the morning. I pretty much just slide out of my bed. I more or less fall out of my bed and I pray on my knees and, and then I have a hard time getting up. Okay, that's what I do every morning. Um, but if I don't set an alarm or a reminder, I forget the midday prayer. And yet when I have done it, man, it's been so refreshing and just reframed my day, right? And then we pray at nighttime. So we started that challenge a couple weeks ago, and we're going to keep praying. We're going to keep trying to do that as a new routine and rhythm. And then last Sunday, if you were here, um, we started a new habit of trying to spend time in the Word of God, in the Bible, before we even check our phones in the morning. <gasps> right? Crazy. And how many of you, at some point in the last seven days, you joined us in that? You opened the Bible and spent time in the morning in the Bible. Anybody here? Okay, awesome. Look at you. Good job. Good job. Clap for yourself. Good job. Or not, you know, that's cool. This is going to be a good day. Okay. Um, but we, uh, we, we started those two habits. I've been so encouraged um, by the comments in the Facebook group. If you're not in the Trellis Challenge Facebook group already, like even if you hate Facebook, make an account, be a part of this challenge. When it's over, you can delete the account. But um, it's been so encouraging to me to see people just growing and, and, and as simple as just praying, reading the Bible, like it really does make a difference. And I, I miss sometimes and I feel guilty Right? I feel like you're supposed to be the spiritual leader, TJ, and you didn't even pray today. You know, you didn't pray at lunchtime or whatever. And, and I start to feel guilty, but then I remember something, okay? And I want you to remember this when you start to feel guilty. I start to feel guilty for missing a time. And then I think, how many times was I kneeling in prayer before we started this? How many mornings was I looking at my phone long before I ever thought about my Bible? All of them, okay? And so anything that we're doing is progress. Anything we're doing is growth and directing the growth of our lives. So um, good job. Keep it up. Today, we are going to start a new challenge. And this one is a weekly habit. So it's once a week instead of every day. You can breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief, okay? Keep praying every day. Keep reading the word every day, as many days as you can. But then once a week, um, we're going to challenge you in a new way. And I would propose to you this morning as we talk about slowing down that spiritually one of the best ways to slow down is to fast. And that's a little bit of a play on words, isn't it? But one of the best ways to slow down is to fast. You've likely heard lots, and mes lots of messages and sermons about prayer. You've probably heard lots of sermons and messages about Bible reading, but we don't talk about fasting, do we? And we don't talk about Bruno either, and some of you parents understand, um, but we don't talk about fasting. It's not something we talk about a whole lot. Um, however, the Bible does talk about it a whole lot. How many would agree that um, in the life of a Christian, baptism is a big deal, right? It's an important thing. In fact, uh, the New Testament, well, actually the scriptures talk about baptism about 75 times. You know, we put a bulb up every time somebody gets baptized. There's like 100-something people have been baptized in the last five or six years here. We praise God for that. Baptism is a big deal. 75 times the Bible talks about baptism. 77, 78 times the Bible talks about fasting. 
So the Bible talks about fasting more than baptism. I think maybe it's important. And so I want to teach on fasting today. And maybe you've never been here before. Um, you know, this is kind of what, what we do. We, we like to just make things simple and look at what the Bible has to say and how it applies to our actual life. And we're so glad you're here. We're so glad that you uh, snuck in. My name's TJ. Welcome. Hope to get to know you later. But um, this morning, I want to teach on fasting, and I want to teach on it as if you know nothing about it. Because I think there are probably people in the room that still don't even know what we're talking about when we talk about fasting. Or maybe you've heard about it just like from a diet perspective or whatever. Or maybe you've heard about it, but you don't really do it, right? So we're going to talk about just the basics. What is fasting? And this is the simplest definition I could come up with. Fasting is abstaining with a purpose, okay? Abstaining with a purpose. Saying no to something so that you can say yes to something else. Now, biblical fasting is almost always giving up food to seek God. And therein lies the answer as to why you haven't heard very many sermons in America on fasting, right? We live in a country where a restaurant can promote their product as a fourth meal, and we're all like, yeah, that sounds, I mean, fourth meal, like I could use a fourth meal of the day, and it's totally acceptable and normal, right? So we don't like talking about giving up food, um, but in many cultures and, and, and all of Christian history, really, fasting has been as normal, as regular as praying or reading the Bible, and it's kind of become a lost art form in the States. And so we want to talk about fasting this morning, this idea of abstaining, denying yourself in some way, denying an appetite as a way of kind of taking control um, of your body, as a way of taking control of your situation and so that you can bring it to submission under God. I want to clarify, fasting is not um, starving yourself to punish yourself uh, for some reason, okay? Um, Jesus has been adequately punished for sin. You don't need to add anything to that. So fasting is not a punishment. We don't fast because, you know, God just wants us to suffer. We fast on purpose. And if we look through the scriptures, we see lots of different reasons and purposes for fasting. We see people in the Bible fast as an act of just humbling themselves before God. We see people fast as a symbol of their devotion or their commitment to God in a certain season. We see entire nations come into a fast um, as an act of repentance when they realize they've, they've done wrong or they've sinned in some great way or they've wandered from God. In fact, we even, there's a few stories we see where the king or whoever will call on a fast and even the animals fast with the rest of the people. And I don't think the animals are probably like, hey, hold up, we didn't, we didn't sign up for this. Um, which, I mean, I mean, if I'm an animal, I'm going, okay, so do we get to go to heaven? Because, like, well, I mean, like, I, I, don't, I ain't trying to fast for no reason here. Um, so maybe there's cows in heaven. I don't know. So um, dogs, yes. Cats, I don't know. Okay, so um, we see people fast and pray for God to intervene in a dangerous situation. Maybe there's some natural disaster or there's some enemy army coming or whatever. We see people in the New Testament fast and seek the Holy Spirit's guidance and direction. They're making a decision. They want to hear from the Lord, so they fast. We see people fast all food for long periods of time. We see partial fast. We see 
short, temporary fast. There's lots of types of fasting uh, in the Bible. But why should we fast? Like, why should we, why should we do it? Just because it's in the Bible? Like, why should we fast? Well, I think one good starting place, um, Jesus fasted. So, you, you know, I mean, if Jesus thought it was necessary that he should pray, probably we need to pray. If Jesus thought, man, before I start my ministry, I'm going to fast. Go, I'm going to fast. I'm going to spend time fasting. Maybe there's a benefit for us in fasting as well. Now, Jesus started out with a 40-day fast in the wilderness. Um, your family might get worried if you start that way, okay? So you've never fasted. You probably don't want to go 40 days without food and, and live in Mark Twain National Forest or something. Um, but, but I think it still could, could do some good for us. So, so Jesus fasted, and, 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 and you know what else is interesting? He doesn't really um, teach on fasting as like a command, like you have to fast and fast this way or whatever. But he is given a couple opportunities in scripture um, to talk about it. And when he does talk about it, he talks about it like it's an assumed reality, like it's a part of life. Matthew 6, if you want to glance there, you can. We'll be in Matthew 9 in a moment. Matthew 6 records the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' most famous sermon, the most famous sermon in history, right? And he makes some presumptuous statements throughout the sermon. In verse 2, Jesus is talking to his followers. He says, um, when you give to the needy. He doesn't say if you give to the needy. He says when you give to the needy. You know, do it like this. Then in verse um, number six, he says, when you pray. Because the assumption is that you're a follower, you're going to pray. All right? And then you see where this is going. In verse 16, Jesus says, when you fast. Fasting was not a question of if to Jesus, it was a question of when, when you fast. And then he's asked about it uh, directly in Matthew chapter 9. One day, it says in Matthew 9, 14, one day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, uh, why don't your disciples fast like we do and like the Pharisees? They've noticed his, his disciples are eating and drinking and hanging out with people and they're not fasting. And so they're like, why are your guys not fasting? And Jesus replies, uh, kind of a cryptic answer. He says, do, do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. In other words, Jesus says, I'm here. They don't need to seek me and fast to hear my voice. I'm with them. But someday I won't be here in the same capacity. And even when they've been given the Holy Spirit inside of them, they will fast and seek me. So Jesus just assumed, expected, fasting would be a continued part of the, the spiritual lives of the disciples. We look at, at how his uh, followers worshipped him, and we've not stopped worshipping. We've not stopped singing. We've not stopped baptizing. We've not stopped uh, taking communion together. And so we shouldn't stop fasting either, but we have, largely. We have. And so I want you to see this morning that fasting... Um, it's not a punishment. It's not just some weird religious thing. It's not just a diet. Fasting is a tool that can stir our affections for God and um, clean out our ears to hear God's voice. And, and we see in our culture, like, there are health benefits to fasting. People are doing intermittent fasting, all types of stuff. But I want you to know it's not, a, it's not about a diet, okay? Uh, in fact, I like how somebody said it this way. Um, a diet changes the way you look. But fasting changes the way you see. 
And, and that's what we want. We want we want to have a clearer picture of who God is and what he's speaking and what he wants to do in our lives. And one of the tools he's given us to, to get there is this tool of fasting. Jesus warns us it's not about how we look while we're fasting, right? It's not about moping around and looking like, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like somebody's like, hey, you want to get lunch tomorrow? Sorry, I can't. I'm fasting. I'm very spiritual, you know. Um, you should try it sometime. Like, that's not the point. We're not supposed to, you know, flaunt our fasting. Um, God sees us. God hears us. That's, that's the reward. But that doesn't mean it has to be a secret. I, I grew up hearing that, like, if you were fasting, it was a total secret, and you better pray nobody asks you directly, are you fasting, because you got to choose between lying and breaking the secret, you know, whatever. I thought you can't tell someone you're fasting, it's supposed to be a secret, whatever. But it's just not true. Like the Bible shows us corporate fasting just like corporate prayer. And just like corporate prayer, Jesus said, hey, don't, don't be like the hypocrites that love to stand on the corner and pray big, long, fancy prayers to impress people. Go to your father. He knows what you need. Pray in secret. But also, Jesus told disciples to go in Jerusalem and pray and wait for the Holy Spirit. And they all prayed together and they all prayed out loud and they all prayed corporately. So he's not saying it's a secret, you can't do it together, no one can know. He's just saying don't make it about the show. And similarly, fasting, it's not about like, oh, I'm fasting. It's about seeking God. And I remember um, the first time I ever tried fasting. I was a teenager and my, my church uh, called a fast in January and I had never fasted anything. I, well, I had been fasting vegetables most of my life, but I, uh, I had never tried to fast and seek God. And so me and some friends of my youth group tried it, and I think we did all of it wrong. Um, we, 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 were, we were like, okay, we're not going to eat anything. And we jumped into like trying to not eat for 21 whole days and not prepared at all for that, not drinking enough water. I don't even remember praying that much. I just remember not eating for a couple days and then giving up. Um, but I remember at one point um, we were at a restaurant. That's like not a great place to be when you're fasting. But we went with some other people or whatever, and we're there. And this is a stupid story, but I remember they had these, like, saltine crackers on the table. And they looked like T-bone steaks to me. Like, I just wanted these crackers because I hadn't eaten anything. And so I'm, like, looking at the crackers and holding the crackers. And I opened the crackers, and I smelled the crackers. And then my friend smelled his crackers. And I kid you not, I think we started, like, sort of inhaling, like, just breathing, uh, like I w it was vaping before it was cool, like we were just breathing saltines because it was the closest thing to eating we could come up with, um, totally missed the point. But, but the thing is, this morning, if you're here and you're in a dry season spiritually or you're trying to find the will of God in a certain situation, not trying to force his hand but just trying to hear his voice, fasting is an excellent tool to draw near to God. It's a great way of eliminating distractions for a spiritual purpose. It's kind of like a spiritual um, detox. It clears things out and you lean into something more important. And I'm not going to lie to you. It can be difficult. Um, it's important to know, you know, your body and be careful. If you have certain health issues, if you have certain medications, you may need to adjust, right? Start slow, drink water, maybe don't go run a marathon the first time you fast. You know, I know some of you are thinking about it. 
Um, but the good news is scripture, while it talks about fasting 78 times, it doesn't say this is exactly how to do it. This is how long, this is how, how much or what to fast. So you're free to experiment. It's kind of like the Sabbath where, you know, we weren't made for Sabbath. Sabbath was made for us. We're not made for fasting. Fasting is made for us. It's a tool in our arsenal that we can use in our growth, in our trellis, in our relationship with God. And so um, is it okay to fast one meal? Yeah. Now, if you never eat that meal, <laughs> if you're like, I never eat breakfast, I'm going to start fasting breakfast. Well, you know, um, but if you, if you say, hey, I'm going to start skipping lunch and praying during that time, that's cool. If you say, I'm going to take a day and I'm going to fast solid foods and I'm just going to drink juice and water or whatever, that's, that's fine. Some people fast um, like a sundown to sundown. So they eat dinner and then they don't, you know, the next day they don't eat until um, the sun goes down, which is good news because that happens at like 2.30 right now. And so um, you can eat pretty early. But some people give up a specific thing. They, no coffee for 24 hours, no chocolate or, or for a week or whatever. Some people do a Daniel fast. You can Google that if you're interested in that. You can, it's okay to fast for a reason, to fast during a season where you're praying for an answer or praying for a healing or, or praying for repentance or praying for a friend or, or, or just wanting to be closer to God or in the middle of a spiritual battle. Like there's really no bad reason um, to fast if your heart's in the right place. And it's a tool for your benefit. It's not something for you to just feel guilty about. I'm not giving you these challenges so you can feel guilty. I'm giving them to you so that we can try to grow together and, and see fasting empties us in a way and we lean into that emptiness and we realize that, hey, you know what, if we're honest, a lot of times we're medicating with food, we're comforting, comforting ourselves with food or TV or social media. Like you can fast other stuff besides food, but there's all these things that we fill our lives with to try to give us purpose. Fasting is a way of letting that emptiness be there, leaning into that emptiness and asking God to fill that gap. Uh, instead. And so, you know, most, again, most biblical fasting is food, but I think it's healthy to give up social media or TV or the news or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, again, I've been fasting vegetables a long time, uh, but, but you give up something that actually means something to you. Now, we don't fast work. We don't fast taking care of our children. We don't fast you know, our relationship with our spouse, but it's okay to fast, you know, things that you can give up in order to spend time with the Lord. So here's the challenge. I'm not going to tell you when. I'm not going to tell you what. I'm just going to challenge you to fast something once a week. Once a week. Uh, maybe it's a 24-hour thing. Maybe you have to work up to that. You might do the same thing every week or the same meal every week, or you might mix it up every week. And you might see how it goes. You might say, well, this Thursday, I'm not going to eat till dinner. And then next Thursday, I'm going to turn my phone off for a day or, or whatever it might be. I, I, maybe you say, I'm going to give up TV for two or three days. Do what you want. But at least once a week, the challenge is to build this habit of fasting and denying ourselves so that we can be closer to God. I want to look at a couple more passages. Matthew, we're still in Matthew. Look at chapter 17. Interesting story, um, Jesus and his disciples come up on a crowd, and a man approaches Jesus and kneels before him and says, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures, he's suffering, he falls into the fire or into the water like he's getting hurt because of these seizures. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. 
And the interesting thing is Jesus had given his disciples authority to go and pray and lay hands on the sick and see people healed and run off demons and, and be awesome, okay? But for whatever reason, it, it's not happening. It's not working for this guy. And Jesus says something pretty harsh and pretty interesting. He says, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? And I'm grateful that Jesus does put up with us for a long time. But he, he says, bring the boy to me. And of course, Jesus heals the boy. But I want to I make note of something. They're not able to see what they want to see happen spiritually. Nothing is happening. And Jesus identifies the problem by saying, your unbelief, you're unbelieving and perverse. Now, um, I don't recommend going around telling anybody that, okay? Like, you unbelieving, perverse, like, that's probably... We'll let Jesus say that to us, but we're not going to throw that around too much, okay? But one pastor um, defined those two words in this way, and I thought this tied in perfectly to the, co the concept and the conversation of fasting. He said, to be unbelieving is simply to not be connected enough to God. You know, something's off in the connection, the relationship, and so because of that disconnect, belief is low, faith is low, power is low, okay? To be perverse is to be too connected to the world, twisted in your thinking, too comfortable, too worldly, too focused on the things of earth and not the things of heaven, right? So Jesus says, unbelieving and perverse, not connected enough to the Lord, too connected to the world. And I think this is the same reason that a lot of times we don't see the results that we wanna see in our lives. We're not walking around with the power that Jesus has for us because we're not connected enough with him, we're too busy, and we're too connected to the world. And it might be stuff we're watching or listening to or just the way we're thinking or people we're listening to, whatever, right? But we're, we're not connected enough and we're too connected at the same time. Now, here's the great news, okay? Fasting helps with both. Fasting helps us connect with God and it helps us disconnect from the world. Fasting addresses our unbelief and it addresses anything that's perverse or wrong or worldly in us. It feeds our soul. It starves our flesh at the same time. And there's debate. Um, you might, in your Bible, there may or may not be a verse 21. And that's interesting because there are early manuscripts that have verse 21 and then there are early manuscripts that don't have verse 21. And so it's believed that Hey, maybe it got added in here because of a similar passage in Mark or whatever. But verse 21, if it is in your Bible, um, Jesus says of these evil spirits that are tormenting this boy, he says, this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. Now, some versions don't have that. And here's what I would say. It doesn't really matter if he said that there or not. In Mark, he does say, hey, this, this kind only comes out by prayer. So he said stuff like that. And we've got enough biblical evidence to understand that prayer and fasting are powerful and meaningful, okay? Whether or not he said that in that instance or not. Um, but, but uh, you know, we talked about Jesus and what he has to say about fasting. Let's see it in action in the early church. Acts 13 is the last passage we're going to look at. Acts 13, verse 2 and 3. And I love this because this is the early church. They're full of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you, you've got people like some of the apostles are walking down the street and their shadow is healing people, 
They're, they're, they're powerfully being used by God. They're, they're, they've changed the known world. They've been persecuted, right? It would be easy for them to kind of sit back and go, man, we've done it. We've made it. Look at this awesome church. Look at all that God has done and, and just be content. But in Acts 13, we see this, verse 2. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. They haven't quit fasting. They haven't quit seeking God. The Holy Spirit speaks, and they all hear it. And the Holy Spirit says, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So we, we see the church is worshiping and fasting. Again, if you're just not eating, that's a diet, okay? When you fast, you might give up food but you're, or, or TV or whatever, but you're not you know, giving it up just to lose a few pounds. You're giving it up to spend time with God, to connect with God, to pray, to worship, to, to whatever. And we see here they're fasting together. It's not a secret, okay? They're unified, and then they hear from God as a group. They hear the Holy Spirit, and God launches them into what he has for them next. They weren't necessarily wondering probably, well, what's next, what's next? They're just seeking God, and God has plans for them that are revealed, and it broadens their horizon, sends them into a whole new uh, season of ministry. And if we keep reading Acts, it doesn't stop them from fasting. It just encourages more prayer, more fasting, because they keep seeing God show up. And they weren't fasting to try to trick God into hearing them. They knew God heard them. They were fasting so they could hear him. And so that's where we're at this morning. That's what I want in this season for me, for you, is to say, hey, you know what? I know this is different. I know this is countercultural. I know this is not what, I mean, none of us think about skipping meals and, and all of this. But there might be something to it if it's in the word of God. And so, man, I want you to be closer to God than you've ever been. Pastor Nate said it uh, a couple weeks ago, that if we'll make this year the best year of our lives ever spiritually, it'll be the best year of our lives, right? We might have, we might have difficulty come our way, but, but the spiritual part of us is so important. If this is our best year spiritually, it's going to change everything. And so I want that for you. I want you to be more connected to God and less connected to the world than you ever have. And I want you to invest in your spiritual life because the more time you spend with God, the more you trust God. Like time in a relationship builds trust, it builds confidence. And when you spend time with God and you build that trust and you build that confidence and you hear his voice and you obey his voice, it just has a snowball effect and it changes everything. And it changes the lives of the people around you. And so I want to challenge you in that way. Pick something to fast from. Pick a time to fast. Talk to your family or friends. What are we going to do? What are we going to try? It might be different for each of you. And then hop in the trellis group, the trellis challenge. And tell us about it. Tell us how it goes. Encourage uh, each other. You know, interact on that. And it's going to be awesome. Pastor Nate, if you want to come, um, I want to just talk to you for a minute. If you would, just cl maybe close your eyes for a second, just for privacy. No, uh, no hocus pocus or anything. I just want you to have a moment uh, to yourself, not thinking about the distractions around you. But if you would, for a moment of just reflection, I just want to ask you, you know, um, in a room this size, I know it's quite possible there are people in this room that, you know, you came in here and, and we've sang the songs and we've read the scriptures, but you just know, like, man, I'm, this is not where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm just trying to get through life. I'm not following Jesus. I'm not 
praying, reading the Bible, fasting. Like, I, this is just a whole different wavelength than where you are in your life right now. The good news is you don't have to do any of that stuff to get God to hear you. He sees you right where you're at. And so if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor TJ, I'm not following Jesus, but I want to, um, today can be your day. Now you can surrender to him right now in this moment. And the Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anybody that, that can a sincere profession of faith that really believes Jesus died for their sin and, and wants him to be the Lord and king of their life, he's faithful to forgive. He's faithful to save. Let's right now, real quickly, if you're here and you're not walking with Jesus, but today you want to take that step, I'm not going to linger. I'm not going to count to 10. I'm just going to ask. If you're here and you're not walking with Jesus and you need to be, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to be able to pray for you. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up real quickly and put it right back down? Just long enough for me to see it. Is there anybody here that needs Jesus? Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Jesus sees you. He's not ashamed of you. He's not disappointed in you. You're here for a reason. He wants to do a great work in your life. He's done it before. He started a work in your life, but he, he wants to be closer to you than he ever has been. And maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, Pastor, I'm, I know Jesus, but I'm living in a, in a pattern of sin that I've gotten comfortable with, that I've justified, and you need to confess that. Or maybe you're holding on to bitterness, unforgiveness, and you need to forgive. Or there's somebody you need to apologize to, be restored to. I just want to encourage you, man, get rid of all of the obstacles that you can in your pursuit of Christ and know that, that if you join us, right, if you, if you fast something once a week, it might not be easy. You might be impatient, tired, cranky. There's going to be spiritual opposition, but you don't have to beat yourself up about it because anything you do to invest in your life with Jesus is worth it and anything you do is progress. If it doesn't go great at first, it's okay. Keep growing, you keep building that trellis, you keep redirecting the growth in your life to go the way that you want it to go, the way that God wants it to go. So I want to pray for you, and then we're going to sing again, and then Brooke will come and give us some instruction before we before we leave this morning. But I know a sermon about fasting, giving up food, or giving up whatever. Is not much of a shouting hallelujah sermon, but, but what a privilege, what a joy to be able to give up anything to spend time with the one that gave up everything for us. Jesus, it's the least we could do. And we want to be with you. We want to be like you. We want to be who you've made us to be. Meet with us, Lord. Challenge us. My friends, they raise their hands so they, they're not walking with you. Would you just wrap your arms of love around them? Would you save them right where they are and bring them into the family of God and, and restore what the enemy has taken? We love you. We need you. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me around this room? And can we just take a couple of minutes? If, if, this whole, if fasting, this whole thing is about connecting with God, well, then we can take three minutes this morning and just connect with God. It might look like coming down here and kneeling and praying that's totally cool it might look like grabbing the hand of a friend and having them pray with you it might look like lifting your hands lifting your voice but can we just take two or three minutes this morning and not worry about anybody around us but just 
press in and connect with our maker, connect with the Jesus who emptied himself for us. Jesus, we lift our attention to you. We pursue you, knowing if we seek you, we find you when we seek you with all of our heart. That's your word. That's your promise to us. So may we find you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, please visit us on Facebook or at blufffirst.com.